New group members, as you can see, the wall behind me is blank. We are moving the Street Cop training office to a larger office, a little bit more south from where I'm at now. And uh, we're gonna have some—we're actually setting up a really cool studio. We're gonna have some cool shit going on, so it's gonna be uh, interesting. Should be excited for that. Uh, today, we're gonna talk about a few different things. It's funny. I had the class in Bergen County. Just want to thank all those people over 100 guys uh, yesterday who came out and learned some stuff. Hopefully, you enjoyed the class and didn't mind some vulgarity because that's how we make class fun. But. I'm going to answer a few questions. I was having a discussion with a friend of mine. He was in here before, and we were discussing things. And it's cool that I have a lot of cop friends because I get feedback on the things that I explain. And I understand now that uh, – and I had this question yesterday, so it's like the Lord is telling me this is what the public wants, the audience here in Street Cop Training. If you're new to the group, welcome again. We'll be doing a, uh, a lot of interdiction talk here, good police work and mindsets and case law and all that jazz. But – Interestingly enough, I had a few guys yesterday in the class who were like, hey, man, uh, I know you talk a lot about highway interdiction or, you know, having county roadways or state highways and whatever, maybe like maiden roadways. But I work in the city. What should I do? Uh, specifically, it was actually a couple of Hoboken guys were in the class. So I'm going to start with that. If you were working a city, maybe a footbeat or your traffic was slow or very had a lot of volume, you have to understand the psychology of your city. Where are people moving things? What are people doing? Um, uh, so the guys in Hoboken, the first conversation I had was, man, I mean, just off the top of my head, I would go to the pass station right across from Teak. And I don't know, every 15, 20 minutes when 600 people come off that path train and walk out and start walking into the city, we know the drugs come into the city to get distributed amongst the Hoboken people. Like they're there, right? There's crime going on. We know that it's a commuter city. It's a lot of foot traffic. That's what he's explaining to me. Like there's not a lot of cars. If there is, it's locked up in traffic. It's a lot of people are walking on foot. That's fine. You have Title 39 or motor vehicle law that applies to pedestrian traffic. The same concept applies. If your administration is getting you air cover and say, hey, we support you doing this kind of work, and hopefully you go out and the first couple guys that you stop, you're going to get some good stuff on. So for the New Jersey people, uh, for the guys in Hoboken, what I was saying is go to your train station, wait till the train stuff comes out. Are people walking outside of crosswalks, walking against uh, do not walk signs? You have to know what your motor vehicle law says for pedestrians for you to enforce it. It's the same thing as a traffic stop. You'll have an investigative detention where you can now compel identification. How do you know who to stop? There's 600 people coming off the train. Again, you must, your administration, your, your organization, your coworkers must know that you're out there trying to do interdiction work in a pedestrian style. And it's, and it's common. It's done in a lot of places. It's maybe a little unorthodox for people to hear, but it works. You're going to start paying attention to these crowds that come out. People who are engaged in criminal activity are going to begin to stick out. It may take 10, 15, 20 people, uh, 20 times of herds of people getting off the bus and some practice to figure out who exactly you're looking for. So as people come off these out of the, at this train platform and five, 600, 300 people at a time, start paying attention to people. Those guys who are not, who see you are making eye contact or seem to begin to get nervous and have some weird, uh, weird reaction to your presence. Maybe they're just watch people, watch their body language, watch what they're doing. Watch if they like turn around and go the other way. They'll give themselves away. Now sounds unorthodox, but this is how the best police works done. You have to figure out everybody else who's not doing anything wrong, what they're doing and the guys and girls who are doing things that are wrong, what they're doing, because they will be doing something different. You just got to figure out what that is. So it's going to take a little practice to watch this stuff. 
Um, guy asked me, he goes, dude, we had a lot of traffic in town. What should I do? Let me tell you something. So my, my funnest interdiction times, they were doing construction in my town on the highway where I worked. And they would back up traffic during rush hour. Like, it would be backed up for like a mile. Three-lane highway, bumper-to-bumper traffic. I literally take my police car, park it in a parking lot of a car dealership that had a, lot, a big lot for me to just wave people in. And, dude, I would just sit there. And it was real simple for me to watch what was going on. You want to talk about having a good opportunity to really engage in what people are doing and really analyze their body language. Have, have Be able to have 15, 20 seconds on the side of the road with you looking in their car to see what they're doing. If your presence is bothering them, are they wearing seatbelts? Who's in the car? What's going on? What is the car doing? You're going to see a ton of stuff when you start to look. And that's a lot of people's problems is they don't, they're not even looking. You're not going to have more higher quality arrests if you're learning how to put in plates faster or you're really getting savvy with your radar unit. If your tickets is your thing, then that's great. And that's what you'll get out of that. Obviously, you put plates in, eventually you're going to trip and fall over some marijuana whatever it may be. But the stuff that's out there, the quality stuff, there's just a better process of doing it. And it's the stuff I explained in this group and the stuff that I'm talking about here. So there is a, a process. There's a scientific, there's a whole thing that everybody who's successful as a patrol officer, interdiction officer, detective, whatever it may be, the most successful guys understand the concept of this and how to pinpoint and pick these people out in crowds. So the other question was, hey man, <clears throat> for my friend that here, he works on a highway. You know, I can tell you who he works for. You can pose a guess and figure out who he works for. So he's like, dude, you know, I'm going to sit on the highway. A lot of times it's hard for me to tell what the car's doing, who's in the car, and what's going on because they're coming so fast. Well, you have to understand where you're working. If you're working in a 65 mile an hour zone or 70 mile an hour zone, I was talking with Kenny Williams on the phone when I was out in Hobart, Indiana recently. Uh, I was saying things like, hey, uh, let me just write this down. When he got in his car, he had his radar unit up against the window, but facing, because he sits traffic like this, traffic passes in front of his police car, but he's got his radar antenna facing traffic. It's uncommon, oncoming. And I'm like, what are you using the radar unit for? And I, you know, it was, it's a really good tactic. And he's like, uh, well, dude, I'm certainly not looking for speeders. He's like, but what I can't tell is where I sit on a highway. People begin to see me about three quarters of a mile down the roadway. Now, what I look for is a lane change for no apparent reason. I look for somebody having a change of, driving behavior based on them citing me as a law enforcement officer. And this is an ad, I advocate this whole stuff all the time. He takes this radar unit and he's not trying to catch somebody. He works in a 70 mile an hour zone. He's not trying to catch somebody doing 91 in a 70. Doesn't have any, nobody who's doing interdiction work cares about how fast somebody's going. But what he does use, he tells me, I look for the guy doing about 73, 74, who when he spots me, brings it down to about 68. And as he continues to come past me, he goes along a, a slow crawl, and he just keeps coming down just a little bit and a little bit. Maybe that coupled with um, some other things that are happening down the roadway, like you are seeing a lane change. You're not going to see people not wearing the seatbelts. You're, you're not going to see how the reaction is. And then as they approach you, these are the cars that are going to draw your attention. Not the cars doing 91 in a 70 or 91 in a 65, and they see a cop, and they jam the brakes, and they buck the nose forward, the whole back of the car lifts up. That's not what you're looking for. People engaged in criminal activity are not going to be flying around town. They're not going to be flying down the highways. They're trying to not get pulled over, right? If you had 100 pounds of marijuana in the trunk of your car, they're not trying to get pulled over. So you have to understand the psychology of somebody who is driving down a roadway, engaging in criminal activity, either before, during, or after 
the commission of a criminal offense. So he is taking these tools that he has and paying attention to what happens three quarters of a mile down the roadway. I know you can't look into 15 cars. They pass you at 75 miles an hour. But if you can spot out that one car that initially gives you those things that pique your interest, doesn't mean as they pass you, they're 100% going to be that car. But those are the cars. If you can't look into 10 in five seconds, look into that one and see what's going on. Now, he had to stop recently. I can't talk too many details. But when the guy passed him at night, he had one of those, um, you know, those things that you block kids out from the sun in the back, the little visors that slide out and you hook it to the, to the he had one of those on a car uh, at night with no car seat in it, which caught his, it's odd. You have to figure out what's odd about this car. What's going on? I've seen plenty of posts. And I talked about this yesterday in class with painted pallets, people seeing cars, pickup trucks driving with painted pallets. Who paints pallets? It's not, the, not that they paint it and then they build something. I get there's supposed to be, uh, it's not that they're supposed to be like, uh, like people don't make these tables and this weird pallet art. I get that. But like, who just takes pallets and paints them? And I've seen like three uh, things. And I like, if you, you have to start thinking like, does this make sense? You must start looking at every car and the people that are, that are in the car, not because of what they look like. It's how they're reacting to your presence it has nothing to do with creed, color, religion, uh, age, not nothing. You have to understand that you got to stop thinking everybody that you're going to stop. Who's wearing a flat brim hat or has tinted windows is going to be engaged in criminal activity. It's not, um, it's anybody and everybody. And they're catching these guys are good and they're catching people and they're doing it on reaction to presence. And the only other way you can do it is if you understand sophisticated hidden comp- uh, compartments and mechanical aftermarket compartments. There are a lot of people who can go out and just look at cars once they get trained enough to understand what the modifications are in the, the common cars that are being used to trap and move vehicles throughout the state. And April 5th, we'll have, let's see. I do like a flat, a flat bill. Yeah, I get it, dude. Um, uh, Brad, Brad Gilmore's class is April 5th. Uh, he will go through things. TJ Cullen, you should join his group called Trap Find. Brad's going to do more content on here. We have a uh, real cool thing we're putting together for everybody to have. It's a list of commonly trapped out vehicles. So when you're on the road, if you're not understanding how to do human behavior, maybe just switch your game a little bit and start looking for cars that are commonly trapped and looking for those modifications. And you just pulling off cars with traps. Uh, but you got to spend time to learn this stuff. You know, you got to go out and keep trying every night, and eventually you'll get good at this. Now, I'm going to answer four questions from the group because uh, four guys wrote to me. I had a busy day. We, I'm going to move this over a little bit and read the first one. Um, I'm not going to mention names because I didn't tell you I was going to go live and read your questions on here. But I figured uh, I was busy, and I can't answer all this shit. As I, get, I got like 14 questions today. Here's four that I thought were good for a video. Hey, man, if I ask a passenger for his name on a car stop without having a motor vehicle violation on him or any other reason to ask for identification, he offers a name but it's fake. Can he be arrested for hindering? No. Unless he has a warrant and you find out later on that he was hindering from the warrant. But on the surface, no. Let's say he has a fake name and he gives you a fake name. Trap cheat. Yeah, can't wait for that. Yeah. Um, so let's say he has, uh, he's giving you a bullshit name and he has a warrant. Well, if you figure that out throughout the course of the thing, now you can, throughout the course of your stop or engagement, now because he had a warrant that was pre-existing that fake name, you're good to go, okay? Uh, it's coming, Mark. Oh, Brad's involved. Hey, Bradley. How are you, pal? We just got off the phone. We're talking about good stuff in future street cop training here. We got a lot of cool stuff that we plan to, to happen here in our collaborations with all our people uh, who we are working with. Uh, Sean Pardaisy, Doug Wright, uh, and NCEA, I think it is, and, uh, and Pardaisy's interdiction Q&A. 
you'll see if you scroll through the group, these are great groups to join. And if you're watching this video, you can say like, saw a video from Dennis's group. Let me in, Mr. Pardaisy. Uh, or Doug Wright will let you into the group too. They just want to verify we have to keep all this stuff tight. That's why we keep it in a Facebook forum because we can vet and really do the best we can to make sure that we know people aren't watching this that aren't supposed to be watching this stuff because it can be misconstrued. This is just good police work. There's nothing illegal that's being taught here. But you could take this stuff, spin it around into anybody who wants to be a hypocrite or a, uh, I'm sorry, a critic to the police. They can take this and make it sound any way they want. So, I don't want people knowing that they don't have to give the cops ID if they just give them ID. I don't want people giving cops a hard time either. Um, we're certainly not teaching anything that's illegal. We just want to make sure that, you know, we'll use the tricks of the trade that we have. So, look, if you pull a guy over and he has no violation, you have no reason, you have no reasonable articulable suspicion, which is the, the prerequisite and the requirement here in New Jersey, you can always ask for an ID, but if they tell you no, you can go beat feet, you can go kick rocks. You can, uh, if they give you a fake name, and let's say you take the driver out of the car and you're like, hey, man, who is this guy? You're passing you in the front. He tells you his real name, you go back and he has a warrant, now you can charge him with hindering because he offered false information. Silence won't do this. But offering false information to a law enforcement officer, somebody who's wanted for a crime, is an offense. Oh, let's see. You just told me to go fuck myself. Not any mean, but once again, I don't know, Mark Mosin about the guy arrested last night when the situation happened. Yeah, um, dude, I hope your uh, your severe is not watching this because I don't want to get you in trouble. But yes, you can't. If you're watching this, man, I don't want to say your name. Um, that's the explanation. You have to be hindering from something to have been hindering. Now, if the guy wasn't wearing a seatbelt, and he's now giving you a bullshit name, you're good to go at that point. He's subject to a summons. You have a violation. It's a reasonable articulable suspicion that a motor vehicle offense has occurred. Good to go. Read State versus Pierce, State versus Larkin, rules of court. Uh, I think it's th- uh, 3-1-C. I, I'll, I'll attach the clips from my podcast, I'm sorry, my podcast, from my PowerPoint into the, uh, the notes on this, whatever, the comments section. Next one. Let's see. What's up, old wise one? I need your help with something. Do you have any literature that you can email me or even explain through your Facebook page on what constitutes a motor vehicle stop? The other night I was patrolling a high uh, drug crime area in, can't say the town, known for street-level narcotic sales and distribution. I observed a gray car that was parked with two dudes in it. As I observe the car, I see the driver ash his cigarette out the window. So, boom. I activate my lights and conduct a motor vehicle stop. You have littering out of a motor vehicle, which is a Title 39 offense. Long story short, we had the odor of weed. Ordered both out of occupants out of the car and searched them. And the car didn't find anything. Cool. Read State versus Judge 1994 and it says you're allowed to do this. And then search the car under State versus William Witt because there is an automobile exception that we've adopted here in New Jersey. Pena Flores no longer applies, which means you don't have to tow a car pending a search warrant or the probable cause review of a magistrate judge. Uh, to get a search warrant. So, dude, so far, so good. The passenger ended up having a warrant out of some town in South Jersey. Basically, my question is, in my report, I wrote that upon seeing the driver ash his cigarette out the window, a vehicle, I conducted a motor vehicle stop for the violation. The new... So, dude, you're good. Like, for me, you're good. Um, Are you supposed to see, like, because the car is not moving uh, and they're littering out of the car? Now, does everybody know that you can pull somebody over for ashing out the window of a car. And I always want to tell guys, you know why that is? Because in Title 39 or motor vehicle law, probably in your state has the same thing if you're watching from a state outside of New Jersey. Because when you ash outside of a car and if an ember falls off your cigarette and lands into dry grass, it will cause a fire. And they put that in there purposely to make sure that people don't cause fucking forest fires. So, dude, I think you're good to go. 
again, I'm not your supervisor, but if you were asking me, and I'm sure anybody in this group who wants to comment on this exact thing, you, sir, are good to go. I think you did a really nice job there. So that's the answer to your question, brother. Hope all the people are learning from this. Hey, man, if I ask a passenger out on his name, oh, sorry, wrong one. Hey, I was wondering if you could add my partner from the. Yeah, man, we'll add him. Uh, you can listen. Anybody wants to add anybody to this group, you can add them. We'll approve them. I can see that you added them. We just can't let you add a hundred uh, people at a clip without us seeing who it is. Because if somebody happens to squeak through the cracks here and they start adding other shit bags into this group, then we'll have no control over it. So add 150, 175 people, add whoever you want. As a matter of fact, we're going to do a contest soon. I'm going to give away free stuff for adding people into the group. But if you want to add them now and you think this group brings, brings value to people, um, feel free to add them. If we see that you added them, as you add them into the group, you can hit add members. I'll approve them. It says like, uh, hey, uh, I see Jeff Ray's watching this video. Hey, Jeff, I'm going to use you as an example. If it says added by Jeff Ray, because that's what we see, I'm just hitting approve. Approve, approve, approve. So if you've been vetted and you've been confirmed to be a law enforcement officer, well, certainly we agree the fact that if you're telling us the other guy's a law enforcement officer, he probably is. If anybody sees somebody in this group who's not a law enforcement officer, and dude, we let specials into this group and and people who are on the same team as us, we certainly do. But if you see somebody that you think is not, and it happens once in a while, we address that, remove them quickly. Also, anybody who's an asshole in this group uh, who doesn't really want we, – we had a dude, I don't know, like eight months ago who started talking shit about like, well, you guys are on here talking about pulling over cars for license plate frames and, and license plate lights being out in seatbelts. Why don't you pull somebody over for something fucking real like speeding? Hey, dude, guess what? The best cases in law enforcement are not ones that are speeding tickets. We use the things we have to effectuate, to effectuate pretextual stops. You'll find the car that you like, which is a lot of red versus the United States. You can read it. And then you have to find the violations. People engaged in criminal activity before, during, or after the commission of a crime are not doing 91 and a 50. So where you think those are real tickets, we know that things we're stopping people for are the real things because we need an, uh, a violation to justify the stop, which is legal. And then we go into finding contraband or whatever it may be that this person may be trying to hide. So I had this conversation with TJ. I said, see that guy, and I had to throw his ass out of the group because he was just causing trouble. So I've, I've thrown out like three people in, in a year and four months that we had this group going. Three people got, so don't be, don't be scared to engage. It's just that don't act like an asshole. Um, if you're not into this, that's fine. It doesn't matter. But you could learn something. The videos are good. We obviously have a lot of people involved in this group for a lot of reasons. There's over 12,000 members. We're getting close to 13,000 now. Uh, we'll probably go to 20,000 within the next few months. And it just continues to grow. People are finding value here. So don't hate it. Don't be mad at it. If you don't understand it, don't get angry with it. If you need help with anything, ask me about it. Buddy Crunk, I wish you'd travel to my department in Tennessee and talk some sense to a supervisor of mine. I'm a proactive and I like to get into stuff. He does not like getting complaints, but does take the praise and accolades when I make a bust. Your videos speak the truth. Dude, it's a, um, for lack of a better term, it's a tough industry. You know, it's it, it just is. And there's a lot of different personalities. And unfortunately, a lot of times the cream doesn't rise to the top like in other, industry, in, in other industries as well. So, you know, it's every, it's something that we've all had to deal with at times. Um, look, there's, there's, I know there's supervisors right now who are watching this video. And look, listen, first of all, let me, let me say this. 99% of people in this group are in this group for the right reasons. There are, when I, we had a load of people, deputy chiefs, captains, lieutenants who came to the last class in Burke County, over a hundred guys. And they were ecstatic with the training. It is paramount. It is excellent. 
I put my heart and soul into it. You guys see it in the videos here. Now, anybody who has any attention is going to have some haters. And I'll address this at all times. I know that there are some people watching this video right now because you know what? Guys who are watching us that talk shit, your people tell me. You think I don't get calls from them? They think you're a fool. You're hated. You're the guy they hate. You watch these videos and you criticize, but you'll never say it to my face. So for the four or five people that are watching this that are dicks and hide behind, well, that guy. Listen, we only address those four people. There's 12,000 people in this group. A lot of people find value. So, dude, I get it. I still have to deal with it and I'm retired. So I get it. It's the industry we live in. Ignore it. But just make sure you have administrative support. Make sure that dude's going to have your back um, and understand what you're doing. So if not, you really have to, I don't know, have a conversation or figure something out. I don't, you can't do this kind of work if people who you work with are not understanding that. You understand? All right. So uh, let's see. Cool, man. Buddy, awesome. I'll come to Tennessee, brother. Uh, people who want me to come out. I'm going to, uh, we're coming up to Pittsburgh. We have Elizabeth, Pennsylvania, right outside Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I know that uh, the guy who put the class together just added a shitload of people to the group. So if you're seeing this video, we are coming to you, man. We'll be there April 25th and 26th, right outside of PA, Elizabeth, Pennsylvania. And uh, we got about 20 guys in that class already. Um, we'll have some more people as we go along. Cars parked stationary and throw the cigarette ash out the window. Does the envy statue lettering apply or does the vehicle have to be moving? Well, Mark, if you're in the motor vehicle, let's let's talk about a few things. If you're in the motor vehicle, right? Obviously, if you were parked and you were parked illegally, wouldn't it be a violation of motor vehicle law? So if you're parked and you're ashing out the window, even if you didn't invoke uh, the motor vehicle law uh, or, or break the motor vehicle law, whatever it may be, you still have a littering offense, right? And that may fall under your township ordinance, but I'm going to tell you that in uh it is still a motor you're still in a motor vehicle still ashing out the window it's the same thing if you were stopped at a stoplight you put the car in park are you still not in a car and you're ashing out the window no um so you're still gonna i mean sorry yes uh yeah so it's still gonna be a violation title 39 if anybody disagrees with that please uh please add this in here your your opinion is valuable i don't know everything i'm uh, i translate a lot of case law that's all accurate 100 percent. everything i talk about here is accurate but if there's anything that i I'm always open to advice. So anyway, if either a CI or a CW gives bad info, info about somebody that they are heading into town or whatever, you're carrying dope, whatever it is, you happen to be along that route. See that car, observe a violation, stop the car, then you develop PC, whatever it may be, odor of marijuana or something in plain view. There's been some debate among some. Can you do a wit search or do we now getting uh, into something being not a spontaneous occurrence and now have to go to consent or apply for a search warrant? You weren't setting up a surveillance detail, just watching traffic, waiting until the shit bird to drive by. Now, dude, um, let me give you technical. Uh, let me give you the answer to this. In New Jersey, not everybody around the country, in New Jersey, we have something that is required in the federal standard that's unforeseen and spontaneous. You must have both. Now, if you have somebody giving you information on a car and you had knowledge beforehand of a specific car, not that like you're looking for cars coming out of a hotel because you know it's a shitty area. It has nothing to do with it. If you have a human being giving you information about a car that is engaged in criminal activity, and especially if you're going to document that in your report, yes, you will need consent. It actually said that's that's you that that exigency is now removed. Um, you will need consent or a search warrant. So what would you do? You got to go back to the old way of doing things. You would stop the car, call for if they deny consent, have a canine hit, tow the car in, and apply for a search warrant. Uh, if you want to know how to do that, reach out to me. I have plenty of templates on search warrants or 
speak to anybody in your agency that did some police work prior to 2015 when we had that all overturned. You would need to do that now. If you read State versus Ziamara Gonzalez, there's a, the inadvertence doctrine in the plain. I'm sorry, the inadvertence clause in the plain view doctrine was removed. So if you pull the car over and you see something in plain view that's very different than having a suspicion, running the dog around, not actually seeing something. Um, if you see something very different, uh, the odor of marijuana, you're still going to have to go for that search warrant at that junction. But if you see something, you're under no uh, obligation to cease and desist and not going to take that. So read State versus ZMR Gonzalez. I think it came out in 2015 or 2016. I'll add that into this uh, or I'll put it up in the group at some junction. You guys can read through it. Basically, what happens there is they have intel on a girl. They're following her. They stop her after she drives like a maniac. These detectives in, I think, Monmouth or Ocean County, New Jersey. And when they come to the car, the bag full of heroin had spilled on the front seat and they saw it and they collected it all and searched the car. And the court said, well, yeah, like, duh, you saw this stuff. We're changing the plain view doctrine. You're allowed to go in and get that stuff at that junction. All right. So that's the answer to that, man. Hopefully it helps you out and settles the debate. I'm not here to project opinions. I literally just know the case law and I'll give you the answers to your questions when you pose them. Uh, Lydia Morrow, where do I get uh, where do I get info I can send to my training coordinator about coming to a class? Lydia, check out streetcoptraining.com. Send an email into uh, streetcoptraining at gmail.com or Dennis at streetcoptraining. It'll go to the same place.com. And we will set you up on our uh, our email list where you'll get and if you need something right away, you can say, Hey, can you send me flyers? But check out streetcoptraining.com. That's where the upcoming classes are. Just know that some venues have limited seating, like Monmouth County. We just added new classes there. Uh, for June 5th and 6th, because we are sold out for the class next week. We've been sold out for about two months now. The bigger venues like Morris County that can hold 250 people, um, that, that can hold 250 people, like, you don't have to worry about those. There's plenty of room in those, but some of these are smaller. Like Rowan's got a big classroom, but we get close every, I think it holds 125. We've been getting real close to selling that out too. So um, if you're from New Jersey, listen, and like I've said before, if you're traveling, 200 miles to come take my class class is free guys like it's on me if you've got to drive and spend gas money and pay for a hotel you're more than welcome to come to class for free uh until i get to your state i'm not saying traffic you cheap bastards we have a company to run here i have a full-time admin you see the videos that come out you think i sit here and edit videos all day no a full-time videographer those have been in class they've met jay she's my full-time videographer we have a part-time um graphic designer here. We're actually going to do a video and introduce the whole team here at Street Cop Training. We have other people who volunteer their time here. So I got to like take care of people. And there's a lot of expenses behind this. I wish everybody could come for free. It is really my obligation to make sure that all you guys are getting trained, but it still is a business. There are still people who are making pretty good salaries to work for this company. So uh, you're from Ohio. Uh, Lydia, I, you know, I don't know when I'll be back out in Ohio. I don't know if you want to drive to Jersey. Um, I don't know how far Pittsburgh is from you uh, in Elizabeth, Pennsylvania. You could take a look at that. Um, and just as we book classes, I'm coming out to Minnesota, but that's, I don't think that's near you. Um, I know it's over there in the middle somewhere, just like you guys are. But if you uh, just pay attention to the, you know, email me, pay attention to streetcoptraining.com. You want to check it out every week. As we book classes, we add them right into it and we'll try to get you into a class. So those out-of-state classes, I can't be given out for free because a lot of times they have a lot of um, limited seating and I have travel expenses. I have to fly out, rent cars, eat, stay at hotels. So the stuff in New Jersey is easy for me to give away for free. Um, but 
you know, that stuff out there is tough. All right, so that one's good. Let's see this. Here's my last one, the last question I'm going to, unless you guys want to write it and have more questions answered in this video. Just wanted to thank you for these incredibly informative videos. Johnny, you're welcome, my friend. I've been talking about interdiction work with my detective and canine. Well, it seems I struck the core of my canine guy and started to watch your videos as well. As he's learning things he didn't know he could do, I'm looking forward to taking your class ASAP. As we patrol some here, huge issue with drugs coming from staff as well as visitors. My only issue is manpower. And as stated before, we're trying to hire. Our pay is still shit. If I to schedule is exactly groundbreaking. Please keep the videos. Man, you're doing good. Hey, man, cool. Thanks, brother. Uh, it was just a, I actually thought it was a question. I brought the last few questions I had up. Um, listen, I, I, I appreciate it. I met a lot of you guys in Atlantic City. It was a, it was a pleasure. It was a warm welcome. Uh, I'm glad that I can impact everybody. I'm, I'm here to help. Uh, it sounds a little cheesy, but uh, I kind of feel like I was, this is like what the Lord wanted me to do is to change lives and protect police officers. And that's really, you know, you could hear people say things most of the time it's going to be good. Uh, but in my heart, my soul, all I want you to do is be better cops, be safe, don't get hurt, catch bad guys and be smart. And, you know, like it's a great movement guys. Like we're doing fucking cool shit and it's really exciting to be leading the way and having so many people catch on and, like, you don't owe me anything. You have greatness inside of you. You just do. I'm just helping you find it. That's all. I'm just putting a little fucking gasoline in that carburetor to start that engine up. That's the truth. If there's anything I can do for you, reach out to me. Send me an email. That is streetcoptraining.com. You can send me a message here on Messenger. Sometimes I can't get to you right away. There's a lot going on here every day. Believe me, I'm not sitting drinking coffee all day. I'm lying. I'm sitting drinking coffee all day. No, I, I'm not. Um, for those of you know about the things that I do, uh, we do run a real estate team here as well in New Jersey, so I have to have some time partial to that, to my real estate team and advising them on things to do. And then I have, I'm a family man as well. I have a bunch of kids uh, and a wife that I love uh, very dearly. And that's it, everybody. So I'll see you guys later. Check out treecoptraining.com. Anything I can do for you, reach out to me. See you.